Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. Are you ready to take your life to the most incredible level possible in 2016? Well, we've had three sold out wellness summits these last few years, but honestly, nothing comes close to the wellness breakthrough and we have just three spots remaining. Your favorite wellness couch experts, the wellness guys, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, and of course, Carl Brock are gathering in the Dandenong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5th to the 7th. But again, there's only three spots available. Entry to the breakthrough is by application only, and to apply, simply email your contact details to marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello and how are you going? Welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to get the best out of you. And today I'm so happy to be talking to the wonderful Janella Purcell, who is a naturopath, author of four books and an amazing chef. And I've been so lucky to have met Janella in the flesh at a wonderful event that she ran for us as part of our health food store. So welcome, Janella. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. So, Janella, tell us about your story and how you came into the world of naturopathy and TV chef and also the beautiful books that you've written. Well, I believe it was because my health wasn't very good ever. And when I look back on it and I've pondered it so much, of course, I ate well, I exercised a lot, my family were really healthy, my mother's Lebanese so we always ate really good food at home and she's very health conscious, they still both are, mum and dad. But I was, my weight wasn't good and I always was bloated and my, I, I always, my bowels weren't very good and I just felt fatigued and anxious. I was quite often anxious and that affected my tummy. So when I hit puberty, then I was diagnosed with endometriosis. So, you know, my menstrual cycle wasn't fun at all. And then my weight really ballooned after that. And it didn't really stop. And then I got to about 19 and then it all fell off and then it all went on again. So I've had this, you know, decades of yo-yo weight up and down and not because I've dieted it just went through different stages and I never really understood why but through my teen years and and growing up in the 70s and 80s there was a lot of you know fasting and fad dieting and weight watches and Gloria Marshall and all of that sort of stuff because you know there weren't many chubby kids in those days like now you see the kids and they're big aren't they yeah yeah so chubby so you kind of think that's normal but I mean I wasn't huge I, I was just solid and I was playing a lot of tennis and swimming and netball and it was always a big deal my weight so you know it's always been there it's always been there that my health wasn't great and I didn't really know why but I always put it down to food and that was all so then you know after school I started, went into cooking and um, it was either law or cooking and there was no way I was going to do law so I went okay I love cooking because it always <laughs> but it was cooked um learned to cook for myself because I didn't eat a lot of the things that other people ate. So I couldn't eat wheat or dairy or meat or grains or any sugar from about 
you know, nine or ten, I guess. I was always vomiting and had diarrhea and mum, you know, took me to a psychologist and went, what's wrong with her? And they said, there's nothing wrong with her. She's beautiful. She's just sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, see? Yes. <laughs> and mum was like, yeah, well, she is that. She's my most sensitive out of the four and she's very kind and caring. So I kind of put the two together, but I didn't really understand why. So then 27, I went on to naturopathy and did my naturopathic degree and, you know, I didn't learn a lot there about the body, mind, spirit, but I learned a lot about herbs, which was fantastic, and anatomy, which was wonderful. But then I wanted to know not more. So I went to and did Chinese medicine. And at that time I started to manage health food stores. So this is in the late 90s, oh, sort of mid-90s, and was always into health food and looking after myself because if I ate anything from a takeaway shop, or anything I didn't make, it would be vomiting and diarrhea instantly. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, it really shapes your personality when you're like that. And this wasn't trendy then. So it was people just kind of went, she's always bloated. What's wrong with her? So then I, you know, went into body, mind, spirit connection and the, how the different emotions have a different effect on your organs and just forensic with my research. I just really wanted to unpack myself um, and really learn more and more and more about myself. So I did. And in... In that you become, I mean, I'm an empath anyway, so I was always really interested in other people. And I was the one, probably like you, Carrie, too, that people were coming to over to my house and unloading their problems and I'd look after them and put them in the bath and feed them and make everything all right for them. <laughs> and then I would be drained. So mm-hmm. that would be a pattern. And then I would put on weight when I was drained. I found at the times that I was resentful. And that's what, you know, you store in your liver and your gallbladder and that's where a lot of my problems came from. I was often resentful because I'd be like, I'd do that, I'd do that, I'll do it, it's no problem, you can have that shirt, have that dress, I'll pay for that. And then I would be resentful and I'd go, it's really messed up actually that I do that. So really went into the Enneagram then and um, started looking, do you know the Enneagram, Carrie? No. It's a personality typing from the Sufis. So it's thousands of years old and it's about how you learn to get love as a child, not about astrology. So my the way I got love from my parents because they were busy running a business and lots of kids was by being helpful. So every time I was helpful and cooked and I learned to cook very young and I took over the cleaning of the house very young and was just no problem. I was a no problem child. They were, um, not till I hit puberty anyway, but <laughs> mum would give me and dad go, you're so good, you're so good, you help us, you help us. So I learned to get love by doing things and by giving and having no needs of my own and looking at other people's needs and getting them met. Yeah, well, see, that's but, where the resentment comes in, though, doesn't yes, it? Because your needs aren't being met. Well, that's right. It's messed up, right? So I was like, this is <laughs> So then I went to kinesiology and, and looked at a lot of that stuff for about 10 years. And then I studied kinesiology because I loved that tool. So then I got to, I what, in my early 30s and I was running the health food stores in Sydney and, and people were, you should get onto television, you know, you're really animated and you've got such a unique message because my message was about food as medicine and healing it through emotions and people weren't talking about that then. So the TV thing just opened its doors for me actually. It wasn't even, I went for one meeting at Channel 9 and someone I knew worked there and I was signed up the next day, really, for a weekly Amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's why I believe more in destiny as I'm getting older because you can really push shit up a hill and try and do stuff and it never works. And other things just go, there you go, that's what you're meant to be doing. So I did. I was doing a weekly segment on Carrie Ann on the morning show and on the Today Show, which was a huge reach. So that really, really put me out there and gave me some cash too because I didn't, I was studying for so long and never had any money really. 
So then that was great. And then I opened up, I thought I'm going to put the money via building in, in Surrey Hills in Sydney and I wanted to put a healing centre there and open my own practice. And Because, you know, when you finished, I'd finished studying after so long, but I hadn't really been in practice. So I wasn't comfortable to go straight into practice. So the hell, on, in a health food store on the floor was just the best experience because everyone comes in with their problems and you fix it really quickly. And that was fantastic. So I bought this old building in Crown Street in Surrey Hills, which was like, you know, there was smack dens and everyone every corner kind of. Mm-hmm. It was really run down. But it was really close to the city too. So I put a health food store in downstairs, a cafe, an organic cafe, and then my clinic upstairs, which I still got. And I still, you know, got, that's what I, where I practice from. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's fantastic. And that when did I open that? 4th of the 4th of 2004, that was. Mm-hmm. So that's then I got into practice and then the TV thing just kept happening and then Good Chef, Bad Chef happened and I did What's Good For You and Biggest Loser and that all happened and which was wonderful and then I thought I need to get out of the city because I'm getting really run down. So the busy the busyness was out of control and I am a monkey too in Chinese medicine so there is, I mean, horoscope, there is this propensity to overdo and overplease and and succeed really and save the world and heal the world and forget about my own needs. That was still there. And my endometriosis was bad again and and that was not good. So I thought, okay, this is too much. I need to wind down a bit. So I moved to the Byron Hinterlands. I didn't get any less busy. I think it was more. I was just on a plane more because it was inside. You know, these things are internal, aren't they? Mm. It was needed for approval and to be loved and what would I do if I didn't do? And then, then it was on such a trajectory, like everything was just happening. I was getting all these offers and I was writing books and, you know, I was in my 30s. I was I was flying. It was fantastic. But along the way I forgot what my needs were, although I consciously thought I knew. I really did. I'd write lists at the new moon and on my birthday and have lots of kinesiology. But I think deep down I really didn't know and I think a sense of deep feeling of unworthiness has always been there and people laugh at me or are shocked when I tell them that but I think that really comes from being a chubby kid there was always this sense of I'm not as good as the other kids because they're blonde and thin and I was you know half Lebanese and chubby and just a different kind of a person and I just wanted to be like the other kids and I wasn't I mean looking back now what a crazy thing I mean how beautiful when you look back as yourself as a child but you know retrospect is a wonderful thing mm-hmm. so I everything was going along nicely and I was 40 I think when I moved to Byron and I was crazy busy just really flying to Melbourne and filming Good Chef Bad Chef and and just you know my health wasn't brilliant but it was okay and then I had a miscarriage about three years ago it was 2013 so two years ago that was the beginning of the end that was that was when adrenal exhaustion tipped over the edge into adrenal fatigue, if not chronic fatigue, and my thyroid went all mental. I put on about 8 to 10 kilos in about two months, and I had a personal trainer every morning. I was swimming. I was yogaing. I was running. I was fasting. I even went to Austria to the best health clinic in the world to see what was wrong with my weight because no one knew. And that was really lucky, actually, because I got invited to do a review on this clinic and it's where Uma Thurman goes and Ellen and, you know, that kind of thing. And they just went, no idea what's wrong with you, none. I was like, Jesus Christ. And just I was getting worse and I was putting on more weight and everything. I was in so much pain in my gut. And this is so the last two years is where we're at now and I've changed my whole life. 
And it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me because I'm writing my next book now on adrenals and hormones and called Stress Belly, Are Your Hormones Making You Fat, Sick and Tired? Wow. So what did you learn? Like what was well, I've learned that my diet is the best diet that I know of on the planet. I eat organic. I live in the bush. I eat, drink alkaline water. I meditate every day now, twice. I do yoga, everything, and I was still sick and getting worse. So I was, so, you know, when I see clients, they're so easy. They're so easy. I'm just like, because I know so much about how to get well and different and searching all the times for what the key is and going really deep. But you know what it was? It was falling in love. I finally opened my heart up and it was when I got back from a retreat, actually, a fasting meditation retreat. And I'd known Luke my whole life. And it was, I finally went, I'm deserving of love. Oh, wow. And it's been the most healing, beautiful thing that I can just exhale and go, I can I can actually have a good relationship. I don't have to be here for everybody else. And I see this in my clients and my friends so often that women, we've got such a drive to heal and to, to be earth mothers really, but we don't let ourselves be nurtured. And he's such a strong individual. He won't, he won't have it that I'm not present with him. So when I'm in my calls, he calls me Shazza when I'm like that. <laughs> Shazza is around very often like Who invited her? Who invited Shazza? And I'd be doing multitasking and, you know, just doing way too much. And he would, thank God he wouldn't cop it because other, I've been in other relationships where they just kind of sit there and get resentful and feel unloved and unworthy and they're not good enough and then it all goes to shit, right? Like you both go into your separate corners going, well, I'm feeling resentful and unloved and they're like, well, I'm feeling resentful and unloved even more, you know. Exactly, and I do everything. That kind of horrible thing. That's the Enneagram, the number two, that you get resentful and then go, well, I do this for you and, you know, and then that's so emasculating. (laughs) And Yeah, we've all been there. So now what what I've been learning about hormones and what I went through after the miscarriage because that – that prompted uh, adrenal exhaustion, as I said, but also perimenopause because I was nearly 44. So all of my hormones went mental and, and then now I'm, I'm really seeing it in other women and talking to lots of people about it and adrenal fatigue is the new black. If I don't get a client, at least a client a day that says, I've got no libido, I'd rather watch TV or do Facebook than have sex with my husband. I've got no energy and not just tired because tired you have a good sleep, right, and you're better. But this is fatigue, the overwhelming fatigue, weight gain, digestive issues, heightened allergies, hair falling out, dry skin. It's like tick, 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 tick. And also (laughs) when estrogen starts to go down at perimenopause, you start to not care so much. So estrogen makes you feel like you want to be pretty and you wouldn't walk out of the house with Ugg boots on and you want to get along <laughs> with everybody and be the nicest person in the world because you're looking for a mate to have babies with. And that's meant to happen, you know, teens, early 20s. But when, when it starts to go down in your early 40s, late 40s, it's like, care? I don't care <laughs> at all about anything. And the kids can make their own lunch. And Iyengar, in Iyengar, you know, yoga, that guy, he says... Um, it's called the forest dwelling stage for a woman, that it's time for you to be on your own and do some yoga and go introspective and the veil, this mist of being happy and wonderful and nice to everyone on the time lifts and then you're just going, you can all bugger off because I've done enough for everyone. And it, it was it's really interesting seeing that in other people and I saw it in myself. I was like, and I think that's how I let myself have a relationship because I went, this is actually bad. 
I'm approaching menopause and I don't have a baby or a partner and everyone looks at my life like it's perfect and wonderful and I'm in deep grief and really lonely actually and this is bad. So there was a couple of years of, you know, going on the dark side and really looking deeply at that and what was making me sick and when I really went around and had a little dance around in there and had a good look at it and made peace with it, my health just out of sight has improved. Like it's incredible. It doesn't matter if I have turmeric or smoothies or, or, or if I miss yoga or, or if I don't, but I stopped running, I stopped the personal trainer. Anything that caused me to sweat physically or any grief, it, and also when I went into stress, if my cortisol raised a tiny bit, my gut pain would be out of control, wow. debilitating, so I had to stop everything. So, and then meditate to get rid of it. So my body wouldn't let me do it, which was a blessing. So, you know, it's all we need is love, really. But I think you need to get all the other things right first, You at meditation and, you know, we don't need to do CrossFit and Bikram. We need actually just to go for a walk. Why do we feel yeah. guilty when we go for a walk and enjoy nature instead of hardcore running in and hating it? Well, because everyone tells you it's not enough. You know, this is the, this is the thing. Like you've got these people hammering you left, right and centre saying, you know, you know, like people, you know, I think it's only the people that walk and are at peace with their walking that are okay with it and understand that it, it might be enough. But then you get these other people saying, no, you have to eliminate these foods and you need to, you know, be able to run 10Ks and it, there's such a... Deprived, 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 deprived. I know. Like it's, Take stuff out of your diet. Wheat, dairy, fructose, meat, alcohol, coffee. I mean, you know, the people who I see are the most well, they don't look at that. They're not forensic about their diet and their lifestyle. They're just doing it. You know, they're just doing it. They go, they have some chips sometimes. They have some booze sometimes. They go for a walk. They're just naturally at peace and at balance with themselves. But people like me and many people like me who have struggled with their weight, we lose it. I've often lost a lot of weight and then it comes back on. It'll, it'll always come back on. And it comes back on because I haven't lost it from within. It's not, you know, it's not a deep, deep healing. And we're all doing it. Women are like losing three kilos, putting on three kilos, 10 kilos, 12 kilos. And we hear all of this take away, withdraw, deprive, take away, withdraw, deprive. It's not, you can, it, there's no amount of kale smoothies that are going to fix your adrenal glands. No. You know, that, the intention behind it is worse for you. And I was trying every supplement, going to every different healer, an energetic healer, doing everything. I'm, I've got so many, I learned, have learned so much in the last few years and I thought I knew quite a bit before, but now it's just crazy that we're putting out to try and make ourselves well instead of within. The best things you can do for your adrenal glands is meditate every day. Have time out and just get the energy back in instead of giving it out all the time. And people go, I haven't even got five minutes. Make five minutes. We've all got the same 24 hours a day. You can make five minutes a day. Everyone can. And then, you know, the Buddhists say you should do 20 minutes a day. If you don't have that time, do an hour. And I think it's perfect. I think it's about slowing down. I know it is actually and self-love. You don't get you don't get less done. And my meditation teacher told me this a couple of years ago. You don't get less done. Because I said, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to, I want to save the world. And she said, You won't stop doing what you love doing. You'll actually get more done. You'll just do it from a different place. You're not going to be ruining your adrenals. Well, it's not. They say it's experiential too. That you don't really realize the value of the meditation. And I certainly recall when I'm better at 
committing to meditation that it's it's sort of that feeling where after doing the practice even just for a few days and you're, you're not not a few days then stop but once you have started and you're in a few days in it's like that feeling like okay I get this I, I'm experiencing what it feels like to have meditation have that impact on your ability to not get caught up in all the stories and all the chaos and and you know someone says you know um, like someone said to me today oh you took your dry cleaning there and I was like what does she mean by that <laughs> what's going to happen to my outfit when I get there? I never get anything dry clean and now I've chosen the runner. And it's like, okay, Carrie, I think maybe we need to let go the worry about the dry. Yeah, you know, that getting tough. caught up in 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 details that are so, yeah. Because that helps you control the way you handle stress. I When I was really bad in the last few years, anything would set me off. Anything. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. slow, everyone's annoying, everyone's incompetent. <laughs> Everyone's annoying. It's it like okay. such joy to be around. Oh, look, it's, I was, you know, I don't think I let anyone see it really though because that's my personality. But, you know, inside, you, 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 that's how you get. And I bet a lot of people listening to will, you know, really relate to that. You can't, you're very impatient. You're very intolerant when you don't have the right amount of cortisol there. But also what you're saying with meditation, I see the world now that it's like a movie in front of me unfolding. Yesterday, my car tire blew and the spark plugs blew, and I was in the middle of between the Gold Coast and Brisbane and had to wait two hours for NRMA and then two hours for the tow truck driver. Normally, I would be, you know, come on, come on, come on, come on. But I just sat in the car and meditated and went, This is actually a really good chance just to sit here. And, you know, I, I just watched it unfold. Nothing is stressing me lately. It's really oh, wow. quite, and if family members had to do their little number and, you know, they say your family members can push your buttons more than anyone because they installed them, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> when that happens, I just kind of go, that's not my circus. They're not my monkeys. And it's not my problem. And mm-hmm. I don't have to get so involved in it and fix it and get upset and get a pain in my tummy and then put on weight and then have low adrenals and then my hair fall out. And it's just like step back, just watch it, let it unfold. And it's just so empowering I not know. to care so much. Well, that's so disempowering, the inverse too, where, you know, women feel that if they don't do it, who is going to do it? You know, I, I need to get in there and do it or it will be left undone or be past its use-by date or something will cancel. It's true. Everything we think is true. And when I had met Luke and he was like, you know, we need to get you slowed down and I, I just said I don't know how to because I actually don't know how to because I was so much on the treadmill. I said, what will I do and I don't know how not to like as you said check those use by dates or put those what the washing out perfectly or get articles due in before they were due what I don't know how to do that but what meditation helped me it just because in my head in my conscious mind I couldn't actually slow it down because I was like yeah who's going to do it who's going to do that all for me and then just sort of happens you get more done it's incredible can I say something really crass just for a moment? Please. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking when you were talking about how they talk about it's the forest dweller time. Yeah. When you get to that period, I thought you were going to say because at, at that time, perhaps ladies drop off on their maintenance and things can become a bit forest-like. <laughs> oh, I think that's probably, you know, or maybe that's not what he meant, but I think that's all part of it. Part of it. You <laughs> don't groom yourself as much. And you don't care as much and your libido drops. So it's not all about looking sexy to get a partner to have sex because, you know, it's the last thing you're thinking of. You don't want to have a baby at that time. So then people put separate and they go, but I'm not looking after myself more as much and I'm eating too much and, you know, but it's all wrapped up together with the hormone change. It's all wrapped up. You can't go, well, I'm just going to today. Okay, today I am going to not eat as much and I'm going to make sure I exercise. 
it's you know you're not going to win that if oh you're going. I think that's my mantra. My unhelpful mantra each morning is like right, you know? and then dictating to myself all the things that I aim to achieve, and then you know opening the fridge and go ooh leftovers. It's like okay maybe I'll start tomorrow. And then you hate yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, somewhere sometimes it's it's somewhere between being very displeased with myself to it comes later where it's like, you know, I just wrote off a whole other day. But like you're saying, sometimes, you know, and look, we in a health food store, I have the food we have is beautiful. It's more the the volume, I think, is the problem, not the type of food. But it's it's the worry about yeah. not meeting these unrelenting standards that we have for ourselves and worrying that we're going to be judging, others are going to judge us as harshly as we're judging them in our head. Like you were That's saying, awesome. that conversation you have with yourself all the time, like, oh, you know, you know, she, you know, when you're feeling irritable and I said, you know, maybe you're not much joy to be around when you're like that, you know, and you're saying, well, actually I don't show it. Well, that's even worse because it's way worse inside. You like, you know, got the cranky eyes happening and you have oh, I'm sure. swear I'm words, you know, brewing too. in your head. But um, yeah. And so I think of waitresses and people at the Virgin counter, you know, when you're getting on flights, <laughs> it's just horrible, you know. It's <laughs> like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I feel like I'm in a, in a movie, you know. It's awful. But with the, you know, what you're saying with the food thing there too. If you're not converting your food, what you're eating, into energy, which is um, there's a certain thing that does that. You're going to store it as fat and that's part of the adrenals and your body thinks you're in fight or flight and a woolly mammoth's coming to eat you and your babies. So you're going to store it all around your tummy because what happens if you're in famine and you need to have it there? It's it's all and then you're not getting your nutrients and what you need from your food because it's not being converted to energy. So I think the days, thank God, of us thinking calories in, calories out, you know, and people thinking if you've got a weight issue that you're undisciplined. Oh, God, that drives me mad. I get oh. so pissed off with people who say, well, you're the one that opened the fridge and took out the Tim Tams. I couldn't even tell you the last time I touched a packet of Tim Tams. No. Even you want a health food store. That's it's right. Just, my father actually said to me the other day, how much weight have you put on? And I told him, he went, you got to get that off. And I went, really? I just had a miscarriage. And this was just after <laughs> Take that. Went, Stop eating grains. And I went, Dad, I'm Australia's leading nutritionist. <laughs> to go, really, stop eating grains. Okay. And he was like, oh, you're looking, you know, why have you put on this weight? And it was like death, you know, because people don't like it. You, and we all judge each other and we've all got this weight thing and it's like you get praised when you lose weight. Oh, what a good girl you are. It's like I haven't done anything differently actually except be a bit of a psycho and put more pressure on myself and worked harder instead of just relaxing and having a bit of self-love and not separating the food, you know, from the exercise, from the lack of sleep. It all comes back to one thing and it is about self-love and nurturing yourself and resting and having time out. I mean, we used to work 15 hours in hunter and gatherer times and that was collecting some food and berries and talking to each other and resting and eating and having sex and being a bit bored. Having, I mean, yeah, having a dance and a few things like that, didn't they? You see all those tribes doing that communal dressing, yeah. And it was we work fifteen hours a day, and I know Carrie what you do and what how you work, and you know how motivated and you solving the problems of the world, and you're just out there doing everything, and children, and a relationship, and you know how when you go when you say I'm hard on myself, that makes me want to cry Aww. because and you've wasted another day because you are helping so many people, and the people I see as clients who are the kindest, most compassionate. Really, you know, people who get angry, but not just angry, but get out there and do something about it, they're the ones with the worst health. 
they're not the ones that are kind of looking after themselves, which is wonderful that they are, but people who are putting themselves last, they're the kindest ones that are the most sick. It's yes. often the case, you know, because they just stay a bit later at work or I'll just do that because that person, I had a client last night that runs a hospital and, I mean, she was so ill and only 54, but her patients love her. She said they just, you know, they... They say that I've saved their lives and all the families say thank you. And I'm like, yeah, I bet. But what about you? Yeah. You know, what about you? This is time for you to give of your surplus because, you know, after menopause or around menopause, you can't get away with your good looks in inverted commas anymore. It's just not going to happen. You're just going to get sicker and sicker and sicker and you don't have that useful energy to renew and restore as quickly. You know what it was like. You had a hangover in the old day, ate some bad food or did something a bit, you know, on that side and you had a sleep and you got up and it was all over in the morning. Yeah, months or two or a year. Really. So, what have you learned about other people through your work? Well, I guess what I just said then that the people who are the most inclined to help and to be of service on the planet are the ones that are suffering most with their health because they don't notice their health, they don't know their own needs really. Yes. And that's been a mirror. That's been an absolute mirror for me. So that and people who worry the most about their diet and their um, exercise are the most uptight and the most anxious and the most affected by adrenal fatigue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see people who are just eating crap and not exercising and not that you want that but not worried about if it's local or sustainable or fair trade or, you know, all of that. <laughs> and me, then they don't really get upset about, and they don't get sick and they're not wound up and feeling guilty as they go into bed and go, but I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's probably a big one, I think. And so you've shared a lot about your own journey there. Is there anything um, specific you wanted to share with us that you've really learned about yourself through this journey? That I'm lovable even if I do nothing all day. Aww. That I deserve love if I don't. I don't have to do anything to deserve love. I can actually get out of bed, meditate, do yoga, pot around the house and I'll still be worthy of love. Aww. That's huge. That's gorgeous. So what about three things? Like you, you do your meditation and you do your yoga. Are they your three things that are your must-haves in your day? Well, I try not to be too fanatical because that's a thing I'm trying to work on, that sort of thing. But, yeah, I like to, to meditate and I do yoga a couple of times a week and I swim, I do laps too. But you know what, I think it's more about, you know what it really is, stopping at the end of the day and not going back to my computer all night. Before I met Luke, I would work all night and check Um, my Facebook and check emails and was right on everything. People would have to wait half a second to get a reply from me. But now I turn it off and I spend time with him and we we connect and we're present and have a drink and make dinner together and talk and, you know, write our plans out for our future and that's been huge to be present and actually in the beginning when I would, we would be doing that, I would be somewhere else in my head. But he'd mm-hmm. be like, hey, come back, come back, come back to me, come back to me. And that has been absolutely so essential in my healing process to really stop working at night and yeah. to enjoy and to relax and wind down and go to bed, get up and start again, wake up motivated, go to bed satisfied. What about? Up. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people find you if they want to um, see you as a naturopath or how can people find you or your products? Easy. You just put Janella into you. There's not many for Janella per sale and my website's there and my Facebook, I'm on that every day. Um, so, yeah, website and there's a contact page there or on the Facebook page. It's pretty easy or info at com. 
So I have a practice here in Byron Hinterlands in Bangalore and one in Sydney. But, you know, mostly because I'm trying not to travel so much these days because of adrenal fatigue, yes. um, I do a lot of Skype consults, which is so wonderful. You don't have – no one has to get dressed up. No one has to drive anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You can do it any time that suits us both. And it's really – and I've got my dispensary here at home in my cottage to so make up my herbs down there and send them off to people. Less is more is my new mantra. Less is more. So not running around like a goose and – yeah, so people can find me like that. Just it's easy, actually. I'm not hard to find. Oh, I've so enjoyed having you, Janella, and I, I think it's a great reminder. Even though we hear it all the time about that body mind connection, yeah. I think it's really, you know, we really have to do the work to not do the work. You know, I think it's really Absolutely. important. <laughs> well, I. And I've loved having you, the tap, tap listener, with us today. Please spread the word and tell your friends to listen to and subscribe to Tap in iTunes. And don't forget to give the show a five-star rating if you liked it. If you enjoy the podcast and learning more about strategies to improve your mood and psychological health, please check out CarrieThompsonCasey.com. Thank you for joining me and see you on the next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist, where we share real people stories and give you real ideas so that you can realize your potential. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch again that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.